You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast, where you subscribe to weekly videos exploring deeper knowledge of the universe and yourself. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brown Easterday. And make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Uh, and make sure you stay to the end of this episode. We have a very uh, exciting and special announcement. So uh, we've been working on a new project. So make sure you watch all the way to the end of this episode. And let's dive in. So this week's episode is going to be looking at developing leadership and the importance of learning essential skill sets for sustainable freedom. Keyword sustainable. You know, um, we're, I think on this platform, we're very much about the paradigm shift. We want to see really big change in the world. Well, that's not just going to happen magically overnight. And the more you listen to this channel, you'll probably uh, come more into, more into alignment with the truth that you are the hero you've been waiting for. We don't talk about saviors here. Save your damn self. Everybody uh, is a sovereign being, and we are all co-creating the situation that we're currently experiencing here on this planet. So it's every person's responsibility, and this platform is all about exploring <clears throat> what that means and how to get uh, create conscious change uh, on a fundamental level, uh, specifically the natural law level of cause and effect. So we're going to be looking at a few little topics under this umbrella regarding leadership and mentorship, entrepreneurship, business and marketing, and communication, uh, sales, and public speaking in general. So um, let's start with leadership. And I, as, as we usually do here, start by defining some terms. So what is a leader? Literally, to lead means to go first. So a leader is one who goes first, who leads by example, and who develops other leaders, not for the purpose of controlling people, but to empower them. So Leaders, true leaders create leaders, not followers. And, um, you know, the importance of mentorship, meaning having a leader to learn from. So, and that person can be dead or alive. You don't even know, have to know them personally. You, you're receiving mentorship by reading books, watching videos, even if it's on YouTube. Some consider us mentors. We have our own mentors that we follow some we know, some we've, we may never meet in real life. But it's just important to be learning from people who are equal in, in power, potential, and rights, but just a little ahead of the game, essentially, who has a little bit more knowledge that, than you, that you can stand on the shoulders of the giants in that way. So, Brian, would you like to uh, add on, on anything there? Yeah, you know, that, and that's something that, I think a lot of people think you have to have a specific person to like follow and to, to, or to even mentor from you really understand that you can, you can learn from anyone, whether it's in like books or movies, you know, throughout history, the person doesn't even have to be alive. 
you know, going and reading a, a person who did some amazing event and then reading their autobiography or, you know, reading, you know, a history about their life, you're going to understand that it wasn't even just that event that they were famous for, that there was a long series of struggles and tests that led up to that, that helped shape their character. Um, and that what that's what really made them a leader. And all of those lessons are valuable by studying someone's life, especially in the context of someone who's already passed on. That's really useful because you can look at all the lessons and all the experience that they, they had, you know, or, or some of the greatest ones from that, and then apply those to your own life without having to have gone through all those experiences yourself. So that's a really useful thing. So understand that tapping into a book um, to study, you know, for the purpose of under learning more about leadership and mentorship is a very, very useful thing. Um, and the next little thing that we want to hit on here is that I think a lot of people have a skewed vision, um, you know, or a tainted vision of what of leadership. Uh, and then that means that you're just trying to create followers or have people just, listen blindly to what you're saying. And that's the exact opposite, but that, that's, that would be an example of very poor leadership, you know, where, you know, leadership is kind of, kind of neutral when, when you think about it, you know, like most things are that it's the intention and in what you're doing. You know, if you're actually trying to lead the way and forge a path that can actually help empower other people, and then teach them how to do that as well so that they can go on and then advance upon what you've built on that. That's real leadership. Like, as you were saying, leaders develop leaders. Um, so, and, and I think that tarnished perception of leadership becomes, comes from the, the fact that so many people have had so many poor examples in their life of leadership, whether that, that could be from like their, their parents, uh, school teachers, you know, politicians, uh, you know, employers, you know, people that their bosses, they had to work, uh, lots of different examples. And when you see so many poor examples of leadership, that's actually kind of the normal uh, mm -hmm. thing in society. People then just will have a knee jerk reaction out of that trauma and kind of just go with that black and white response and that kind of thinking mm -hmm. where they just all, all already go to the other extreme of that. All leadership is bad. And it's, and it's not that like, you know, true leadership, that, that can really inspire someone else. Like if you are willing to kind of do something totally radical and new that other people didn't do and lead the way there, that inspires other people to start kind of pushing those boundaries as well. And that's how we can really start to grow. So it, it's a valuable, valuable thing. And I think it's something that in, in the kind of general, I guess what, if you want to call it the freedom community or whatever label you want to put on it, if we're wanting to create more freedom in the world, we have to start leading ourselves. Mm. And so, so we, it's a valuable skill that we need to start looking at more. And I think so many people uh, overlook it coming from that kind of knee jerk reaction of they see that this, there's control system. So they don't want to be controlled by anybody. So then they think, you know, all leadership is bad. And it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, obviously anyone who's uh, apolitical or anti-political, uh, understand that those who are masquerading as our leaders are literally, you know, the furthest thing from true leaders. And so we know that that system is, is uh, immoral and harmful. And obviously, so, you know, to change things, you need to have a better alternative. Well, this is that better alternative. I mean, anyone who is familiar with the basic tenets of voluntarism, anarchism, whatever you want to say, 
own yourself and uh, that means owning personal responsibility. And I mean, really in, in the heart of it, that's really what leadership is on a fundamental level is own yourself, be responsible, be a damn adult, you know, and lead yourself um, and master yourself. Like that's, you know, from more of a spiritual perspective, uh, how are you going to lead yourself if you don't even know how to control yourself, control your, your thoughts, your intentions, what you're creating? I mean, this, this all goes in hand with the very fundamentals of the wizard factory. So, you know, that's, that's why this is of uh, an utmost importance uh, to really understand and bring into your own life. And there's so many resources out there of how to learn more about this and this is essentially the, a very similar path that that Brian and I are are now on, and especially in the last few months, have really taken a turn in that direction. Because, as as most of you know, we're all about the solutions here, and so like, yeah, the you know the problem, just recognizing the problem is just the first step. Then the, then you have to be all about the solutions, because otherwise, what's the point of recognizing the problem if a you don't you know uh, want to do anything about it, or you don't feel you have the power to do anything about it. And, and being a leader really means understanding that you are responsible for your life, for your actions and what you're creating in the world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next little thing that, and this is a, a useful thing that I picked up from a, a book called launching a leadership revolution by Chris uh, Brady and Warren Woodward, which is a really great book. If any of you haven't read it, definitely check it out. But it, it covers the five levels of leadership. Um, so we're going to go through each of those. So if you think of this kind of as a, a pyramid, we're going to look at the foundational level first that, you know, all leadership is built on, and then we'll work up through the levels to where it gets to the highest level of leadership there. So uh, keep keeping that in mind. If we look at that base foundational level, the first one, it starts with knowledge. So all leadership begins with knowledge. You have to constant, you have to constantly educate yourself. This, the mind is the most important thing. And it is the number one investment you could make is in yourself and your mind, because it's the variable that no matter what you're doing in your life, it, it, the mind is the variable that it's always there. It's the constant, you know? Um, so, you know, be investing in that. So learning and education, educating yourself, um, is the first step. The second level of leadership after you start educating yourself is you start implementing it. You, so this is the performance level. So you are taking the knowledge that you've learned and then you're then implementing it. You're performing. You're out there doing that. And then from that, you start to learn more lessons. You, you uh, do what's PDCA, plan, do, check, adjust, as uh, you know, uh, we've talked about a little bit before. And as you go through that process, you'll learn those lessons and then that leads you to the third level or the third stage of leadership, which is called leadership itself. So you uh, have knowledge, you've been performing that knowledge, and then you start showing others how to do the same. Mm -hmm. Then that leads to the next stage of leadership, which is leaders who create other leaders. So now that you've been teaching other people how to do the same, you've been teaching them how to educate themselves, how to start performing, how to become leaders, you know, that's when you move into that fourth stage. So you want to find, uh, be a person that sees people with the potential, helps make, like turn them, turn them into a leader, mentor them to become a leader, bring out the, the best qualities of themselves. 
That way they can go and do the exact same thing because you want to make it duplicatable. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We need each and every individual to be sovereign and to be able to lead themselves. So you have to have leaders that teach other leaders. So this is a, a very critical point in this. And then the fifth and final stage and, and the, the largest goal that a leader could work towards are the leaders who lead to leave a legacy. So this is leading for a purpose of developing other leaders that will leave a, a legacy behind that. Even when, after you're gone, those lessons, those things that you have done can still be of value to people, still help them on their journey. You know, and history is full of examples uh, of this, you know, there, there's so many different examples you could use, uh, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, very useful I mean, chart to understand. Absolutely. And you can really <laughs> see how, you know, uh, you know, Brian and I, uh, discovered this in a very exoteric seemingly, uh, source of information, but not all, basically anything that is exoteric has a hidden esoteric layer to it. So you can always dive in deeper, even if you're learning, you know, from the, not, you know, from the, the, the sources that you wouldn't expect, you know, that, uh, that aren't necessarily talking about spirituality or anything like that, but you can very clearly see the trivium process right in here. I mean, the first step is knowledge. What is, it's where it all begins. When you're a baby, you're, you're brand new to this world. Nothing makes any sense to you. You're literally just a sponge of information, just taking it in learning and then what's the next step performing so now you're starting to learn what colors are you're starting to walk you're starting to actually perform actions you know hold your own bottle of milk you know things like that that you can start it's all about sovereignty it's about learning more and more autonomy personal responsibility this overall uh, theme of i can do it myself that's what every l little kid wants you know you try to help them tie their shoes and they're like no i can do it you know they want, they like feeling, you know, in, in power. And then, uh, of course, beyond that, it becomes the cycle of teaching knowledge, the same knowledge that you've learned, you can now pass on to other people to shortcut their journey. But also the best way to learn is to teach. I, I definitely discovered this when I was mm -hmm. uh, teaching uh, guitar lessons. It's like, it was making me such a better uh, player, but especially like the, the learning, the theory about it, because you're, you're explaining and then like they ask questions that you wouldn't have asked that forces you to explain it in a different way and kind of like fire different neurons than you were, than you're used to. So from there, you know, from teaching knowledge, then you go to teaching leadership. So teaching others how to teach knowledge essentially. And then of course, the, the end game is lasting world impact. So leaving that legacy uh, so that you are just leaving the world a better place than, than you came into it. And uh, much like raising a child, you want to do such a good job raising that, that child that when you're no longer around to, to be their parent, to help them, they are going to be just fine without you. They, they, you've taught them all the life skills that they need to be a functioning and responsible adult. So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, you can look at it like that, that, you know, at this sort of the exoteric and esoteric perspectives on it, because of course this general thing can be applied to anything where you're talking, whether you're talking about just a basic like pottery or, 
uh, all the way to the, you know, the deepest spiritual level or something like mm-hmm. that. So. Right. Yeah. It's very useful. And especially, you know, I like that you brought up the parenting perspective because that's, if, you know, not in just developing leaders, but if, as a parent, if you start thinking from this perspective and acting at, because as a parent, you should be a leader, a role model for your child. Mm. So setting that leadership example and then teaching them that it starts with that education and then you have to implement it. And then, you know, teaching them all these skills and like leading them to the point that, you know, they become so great, they leave a legacy because what parent doesn't want their child to do amazing things in the world? You know, we all want to do that. We all have something great inside us. And these are essential skills for bringing those out. They're necessary. Um, so, that, you know, really important episode. That's why we've been wanting to do this one for a while. So we're excited to. Um, yeah, you can even look at step three is the, the part where you become a parent. So you're a, a child learning and then you're learning to perform and then fast forward to you have your first child. Now it's time to pass that basic knowledge on of, of how to tie their shoes and all that kind of stuff. And then, right. you know, and then there's that cliche of like, sometimes I wonder if my, I'm raising my kids or if my kids are raising me, like <laughs> kind of, they, re- they reflect yeah. a lot back to you through that, that unrefined version of you in that, in that process. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's great. So uh, another little thing we want to talk about here was that uh, it's a, a funny little phrase that I, I heard uh, listening to an audio book. And it was a become a possible Tarian. I, I think that's very interesting. That's something leaders do. Um, and what do I mean by that? So uh, become a person that thinks about things in the sense that they're possible. And what you're doing here when you, when you accept the, this mindset, getting, up, getting back to the principle of mentalism, is you, you really start to embrace the power of your imagination. Because when you believe things are possible, possible, sorry, possible, uh, your imagination, you really have that ability to tap very deeply into that and then bring that into creation. That's a very magical act, you know, um, and, you know, that, that's really what uh, leaders do is they have ideas that are something out of the norm because they're leading. They're the first ones doing that. So they're by default doing something out of the norm. They need to be able to tap into that imagination and then know how to bring that into manifestation. So, you know, being a possible Terry and accepting that mindset it is a major difference uh, than what 95% of the people uh, kind of have in their general thinking, you know, and again, it all goes back to the principle of mentalism, shifting your mindset and getting that correct. That's where it all starts. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and what that kind of uh, kind of sparked for me there is that, you know, you hear a lot of people say like, oh, you're, you're, a, you're an optimist or you're a pessimist. And then you got people that think they're cute and they're like, no, I'm a realist. But even that is kind of just the left brain version of that. Be a possibilist. So you're, you, you're living in the real world. Be a realist too, but also don't be so realistic that you shut yourself down from new possibilities. And that would be like the mm-hmm. right brain uh, feminine bringing into balance of that, of balancing being a realist with being a possibilist. So that's, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and of course with leadership, you have to right out of the gate, understand that it's about transformation through struggle and working hard to achieve the life that you desire. If no one's coming to save you, if there's no Jesus or daddy Trump or whoever it is, 
coming to fix your life and, and kiss your boo-boos and everything. Like it's on you and life is challenging. But remember like that challenge is what literally creates strength and, and, um, new potential. So, you know, you're not going to get ripped and, and super fit without challenging yourself physically at the gym. You're not going to get a diamond without that immense pressure on that coal to transform it into something new and beautiful. And that's what this is really all about is not just accepting that, but loving that being dedicated to the struggle, the challenge, the, the journey, whatever you want to call it, it's the hero's journey of going from something unrefined into this new version, this, this better version of you. So, I mean, <laughs> like if you're not addicted to that process, then you're going to continue to stay exactly the way you are now uh, and create, continue to create the exact same results that you're getting now. Yeah, that's, you know, very, um, the, very much similar to that, that Saturnian energy of having that pressure of Saturn. And when you look at Saturn, you know, it's, uh, it deals with discipline. It deals with, you know, having that pressure and, and that apophatic process of having the struggle of like, oh, that's the way not to do that. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that, and that's really useful that, you know, you need that, uh, to become a leader. you like, you need to really, like you said, embrace that and learn to love that because you understand that struggle is what is going to refine you and ultimately make you a better person, you know, for sure. Yeah. I was going to add that, that quote there. Um, you know, I love this. If you, <clears throat> shine, if you want to shine like the sun first, you've got to burn like it. Right. Because that's, yeah, that's what you're seeing there. That greatness is a product of that struggle, of that uh, alchemical process, for, for lack of a better word. That's exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that, re that really leads into that, that burning, that, that desire and that willpower. That's the driving force that, you know, had, makes a leader and keeps them going through all those struggles. Um, so that's very, very necessary. You have to have that, that positive mindset. You have to have the correct mindset. And then you have to have that willpower, that burning desire to want to win and then keep, you know, keep pushing through that. Um, so right. which is the care, very essential. It, it, it all starts here. What you mm -hmm. care about is what is going to drive you to actually take action. Yeah, it's the generative you. force. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, hand in hand with this is being willing to accept failure or again in fact embrace that because we understand as wizards as occultists we understand that the laws of nature this is how it works is this is how we learn it's that apophatic learning process of learning what to do by doing what not to do and learning that that was not the correct thing um it's it's kind of like that um you know, of course, you can you can dispute or challenge the the accuracy of this, uh, but as an allegory, it still uh, stands true. Is the the story of Edison uh, being interviewed about the light bulb, and you know they said, you know, you you failed ten thousand times, and he said, no, I didn't. I I successfully discovered ten thousand ways to not make a light bulb. And that's, that's really on the money there, whether that's true or not, or he actually said that, or whether he actually invented the light bulb, Tesla, but uh, either way, you know, it's, it's definitely, 
you know, some, somebody has to overcome that, that hang up of scared to fail. They're all going to laugh at me. I'm going to look, you know, like I'm going to disappoint someone or I'm going to look stupid or whatever it is. Um, that's just utter nonsense because, uh, yeah, like you, you literally cannot create a different world or think in a different way without assuming that risk. And it's just part of it. And, and most of the time, the fears that you have about, oh, this is going to happen. And then, you know, this will be the result of that nine times out of 10, it's way worse in your head, the way you pictured it than how it actually goes down. And then you realize over time, especially when you first kind of step out of your comfort zone and start taking those risks, you start realizing, you know, this isn't as scary as they all said it was like, sure. There's, you know, things that could go wrong or whatever, but it seemed way worse in my head than than what it actually is. And it's, it's not so bad. So. Well, yeah, that, you know, that attitude of being willing to embrace failure and even in a sense, kind of uh, looking forward to it uh, in, in some way, because what you realize is each of those failures, they're not really failures. They're just steps to success because in every process you might learn like what it might not be a total failure in the sense, like if you're trying mm -hmm. to learn to do something new, you're, it's not that everything you did was wrong. It might've just been a couple things. You might've found a couple things in that same experiment that you were doing that were really valuable that you can take forward that were necessary to get to where you need to go. And then you just need to trim off some of the other stuff. So understanding that that failure there, there is, a lot of value. There's a lot of learning in there and having that attitude because, you know, people like if they're thinking about, you know, going on a new endeavor or, you know, trying to get a new job or start a business or, uh, you know, what, whatever it is they're trying to get into, they, they, a lot of people have the idea, well, what if I fail? You know, you're, you're only guaranteed mm -hmm. to fail if you don't try. Exactly. Like if you're, if you like, if you refuse to give up and you want to accomplish something, there, there's no such thing as failure. You might have some setbacks, but you're not going to fail. Hmm. And that's, that's the mindset you really have to start to, you know, uh, adapt as a leader. Hmm. Um, the next little thing I want to hit on, and this kind of ties it back to the value of books that we were talking about earlier is uh, a useful quote that I found. And it's that, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. So it's really, really uh, understanding the value of being able to delve into a book, like taking time every single day to dive into something, you know, and especially reading for a purpose, you know, like reading for fun, you know, reading fiction, there's, that's totally fine. You know, very useful. In fact, especially if you're, you know, looking at it from, a way of gauging like psychic weather or, you know, that, but that's a different, different subject, but reading for the purpose of learning to become a better leader or for self-development or learning better communication skills, better relationships, relationship skills, whatever it may be, that's very valuable. And if you actually set aside time every day into investing in yourself, into your own self-development through the act of reading, you'll be absolutely amazed at, what happens to your mind and how much more motivated you'll become to start learning more and more. Mm. Yes. Yes. And not to mention, um, you know, if you're looking, taking it back to the, the five steps of, or the five levels of leadership, well, the first step is knowledge and everything mm -hmm. be, past that is built on that. So if you're not taking in new knowledge, 
your, your followers or whoever that you're mentoring, they're going to quickly outgrow you because they're growing and you're not. So it's, it's important to like, let that almost challenge you in a way to always want to feel like you're taking in new things that you can then share with others to continue to share value with them. Uh, you sparked something there for me on the, the levels of leadership. And, and I think that's a good to remind when you're understanding as you move up that, that pyramid of the levels of leadership, you're not stopping doing the other steps below that. Mm, yeah. Like knowledge is always there. Performance always needs to be there. Leadership always needs to be like those always are there. So you're not, it's not like you're moving to a new level and you're like, now that those other things are below me. So I'm not doing that anymore. No, you're mm-hmm. just integrating and taking action on more of those. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, leaders can learn even from people they disagree with. You don't have to love somebody personally uh, to take value, whether it's something they said that you thought was truthful, or even, again, through that apathetic process, learning from people how not to behave, what not to do. You know, that's just as powerful. And, um, of course, I, I wanted to touch on really the importance, the absolute importance of integrity. And one way you could look at that is to lead by example, even when no one else is watching. So you're an example unto yourself because no matter who doesn't see you or who you, know, who you hide from, you can't hide from yourself. And you have to live with yourself. You have to know, you have to judge yourself based on your own actions, you know, that nothing is more important than that in terms of, of like, uh, you know, you gauge a, a person not by who they are, what they think, but what they do. A bad person is somebody who does bad things. So, you know, that in that context, integrity is, you know, extremely important to always hold yourself accountable because again, that's what a leader does. And if you are finding value in this content, you know, take a second and, and like the video, help, help other people see this. So yeah, Brian, would you like to uh, start us off uh, looking into the next topic, which is communication and sales? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what, what are sales? Uh, essentially, you know, a lot of people I think kind of maybe have a, a stigma about sales. Like they hear that word and they're like, you know, or salesmen, and they're like, oh, you know, I bet you know, it kind of has like a, a dirty stigma to it or people are like, oh, that slimy salesman or, oh, they're, they're only, they're manipulative people or they're liars or, you know, like that, you kind of think of that, uh, mm. maybe that societal image of like the car salesman that, you know, he's just there and he's just trying to pitch you what, whatever it is. But right. It's just this like, general idea that salesmen are always just looking to exploit people rather than right. not offer value. Right. But I'd like to really reframe what, what sales are. So true sales, when you think, when you really break it down to the fundamentals of what it is, it's being a matchmaker. So you understand that you have something, there's someone that needs something, you know, they have a need, you have a solution to that need, and then you are just, you, through effective communication, connect, making, being the connection between those two. Mm-hmm. And that's all sales really is. And sales are going on whether any monetary exchange is happening or not. Like everything is like, even ideas are being sold. Like when, when you really think about We're it. We're selling because, right now. Right. Yeah. Actually right. Free podcast. Right. Selling so, free podcast. We're selling ourselves. Right. Because when you think about that, you know, in any communication, even if you have like in a relationship, you have, uh, 
an idea that you want to communicate to your spouse. What do you have to do? You kind of have to sell them on it, right? You know, like the, these are effective skills. So when you start to reframe it and think about it like that, and you understand sales are going on all the time, it's really just a matter of whether or not, like, are you good at it or not? Like, mm-hmm. um, so developing those skills and those, those communication skills are very useful, like in the business world, like it absolutely. But in all the other areas of your life, they're very useful as well. So, uh, we're going to delve into delve into these here. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Basically, you know, a salesman is someone who an authentic salesman, we could say, just to just to kind of differentiate. Of course, there are sleazy salesmen out there. And that's kind of what gives gives it a bad rap. But it, in its truest form, uh, being a salesman is one who is a problem solver, who is very effective at communication. And And what that means is, you have you you know how to influence you know how mm-hmm. to influence whether you know whether you're uh, trying to you know sell something that isn't good for them or literally tricking them into doing something that's actually going to uh, uh, enrich and invalue their lives more um, and you know that's that, there's nothing wrong with influence uh, as opposed to control would be where you're kind of forcing something influence still respects other people's sovereignty. You can, you can ignore, you can brush off, you can, you know, uh, reject information at your own, own discretion. But I mean, think about this, even the, uh, the, the values and principles of freedom is a sale. And (laughs) like those who uh, claim to be about freedom, how are you going to get there if you can't sell freedom to others? And, make the, it sound as good as it actually is, like to properly represent it, to influence them to consider more voluntary alternatives to the current system. I mean, that is sales in a nutshell. And, and you know, even if there's no monetary exchange, a sale is still occurring. You know, it's, it's basically just shifting perspectives, influencing people to, to reconsider different uh, choices, ideas, perspectives, whatever you want to say it. And so, like I said, how do you sell? Good communication, understanding and genuinely wanting to help people um, uh, with their problems, get their dreams, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I think it's a good point that you brought up with uh, wanting to spread like the message of freedom, for example, you know, the way we could highlight that is we understand that there are a lot of people out there who are oppressed that there's this control system, right? So there's a problem, right? What is the solution? You know, having anarchy, voluntarism, having a free society of people that are all sovereign and working together to, for, to create a better world, you know. And then so you have that message and then you just need to connect that with those people. So if you're really wanting to represent that message and get to people, you need to start to develop these skills, this communication, start to develop tact. Uh, that goes a long ways. Like realistically, if you're just acting like an asshole, you, you find that when people do that, they tend to isolate themselves. They push themselves away from their friends, their family, all these things. And if you're isolating yourself, you're not going to be able to influence anybody. And if you're being honest with yourself and you want to create more freedom in the world and there's a message you have to get out there, you have to be honest with yourself enough to say that you want to be able to influence people so they can, so they can become more free and have a better world. That's not a bad thing. Like all things, you know, it's neutral. It's the, the intention behind it, Mm. you know, um, so that's very, you know, very useful to understand. Uh, and public speaking, you know, learning to develop your public speaking skills, 
even if you aren't a person that plans on ever going to like a large stage or event or anything like that, you know, developing those proper skills are going to be useful in your relationships, uh, in any job that you're working, you know, in, you know, in dealing in any situation in your life, just out in public, you know, being able to have effective communication is going to be very useful for you. But then even more, you know, if you are uh, wanting to really reach a lot of people, like many of you listening probably are, that's a very essential skill to have, to learn how to be able to speak to a lot of people or learn how to, host, you know, uh, do a podcast and to be able to get your message out there effectively so that uh, people will hear it and then they'll actually want to apply it. But if you just go around insulting people or calling them sheep or telling them they're dumb and they just don't know as much as what you do, that's not going to get you anywhere. So realistically, if, we, if we're being honest with ourselves and we do want to create change, we have to learn how to do it in the most effective way possible. And communication is essential to that. Exactly. And, um, you know, with that said, like public speaking is just uh, sales on a stage with, to a, a larger group of people. So you're selling uh, to your, your wife or your friend or whatever uh, when you're trying to convince them why you should order pizza instead of, um, you know, go, go to whatever, like to a restaurant or something. Right. Like, like literally, it's just a way of uh, influencing to get what you want as long as what you want isn't exploiting or, or like, you know, to, to someone else's detriment, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with being selfish and get trying to achieve your desires in life. I mean, that's just a basic life skill. And so, yeah. And again, like, so think of just that on a, on a, on a stage, like some people sell uh, by public speaking, uh, whether it's the ideas of freedom at Anarchapulco or it's a motivational speaker trying to sell a book. I mean, it, it's all the same thing. It's basically just sharing big ideas, trying to inspire people and sharing value and, and give them something that they, they may uh, can actually take and put as a, as a tool or, or something to empower their lives, essentially. So moving on to the next topic that we wanted to touch on, uh, which is marketing. Um, again, this definitely, this, this is a dirty word to some people. Um, it kind of similar to sales in that, you know, it's, it's like getting in people's heads or trying to sell them products they don't need or, or whatever have you. And again, there definitely is a lot of that, especially, you know, Coke trying to sell, uh, poison to kids, basically Coca-Cola. Uh, but marketing in its its fundamental form is essentially just attractive and effective presentation using artistry, psychology, and tact to cultivate familiarity, likability, and trust in order to achieve a desired effect. And again, a desired effect can be whatever. It can be a good effect, a negative effect. It's neutral. This This is essential like compared to just the occult in general like some people think the occult is evil some people think you know it's it's whatever um it it's it's just a tool so like any tool like like guns are neither good or evil they just are it's in how you use them so um you know this could be a sale but it could just be to share an idea or even just yourself like even your social skills is marketing even when you post on uh, Facebook, you're marketing yourself. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with 
learning how to do that more effectively that, you know, it's just, it's just another life skill that uh, again, our, our failed school, school system doesn't really teach how to think about these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So um, one, one quick little thing um, in regards to this is just keep in mind, even the truth needs good marketing, especially today's day and age in a world rampant full of lies. Lies are being marketed all over the place. The only way to even, even out the playing field is to learn how to market the truth in a more successful, impactful way. So whether you're thinking about, you know, starting your own podcast or some kind of liberty-minded um, sort of projects or, you know, sharing ideas or whatever it is from, from grandiose to uh, normal size, there's nothing wrong with either way. But um, basically what we're getting at here is marketing is just yet another really valuable skill to have, regardless of what you're trying to achieve in life. Right. And it, what it ultimately is, is about being able to maximize your potential and your effect mm. that you have. Um, and think about this, you know, every, you know, in, in the world that we live, everybody has to do something there. You're either working for some kind of a business or if you want to start your own business, no matter what your product is or what field you're in, guess what you're going to need? You're need, going to need to be able to have marketing skills. So these are skills that are really, when you learn them, they're universally uh, applicable to any area of your life. So that's why we're really, you know, hitting on them and, you know, pointing out why they're so essential, especially uh, in the context uh, for those of us who are wanting to create a, a world with a lot more freedom in it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even just think of what, like the, an image in your mind of what a freedom fighter looks like, like you imagine ragged, just wearing rags and, you know, old hand-me-down weapons and equipment and stuff. Like I say that it's time to make truth and freedom look as professional as lies and slavery are. I mean, literally just think about that for a second. Like we need to get on the same level as the ones that are exploiting people who are keeping them asleep and sick and everything else. Um, right. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you're okay. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> so. uh, that's all I had on that point. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, you know, the, a very interesting thing, you know, and because this is the wizard factory, we'll kind of bring this one up here, you know, a very interesting thing about uh, marketing and sales is it is an absolutely wonderful place to study magic in the occult and practice it and, and practice. You're going to find so some of the world's uh, most powerful magicians uh, in these fields. Uh, and the reason is, is because it deals with, you know, as Logan mentioned earlier, you know, uh, artistry, psychology, so many of the other exact same fields that, you know, are in magic and the occult. And when you, when you can put them out there, it, it gives you a really, really unique uh, opportunity as a magician. And that's this, it allows you to quantify your results. That is, ex especially in today's day and age for, you know, magical research, that is extremely useful. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and when you think about that, you know, start thinking about how powerful that is. Um, when you recognize that all these tools are out there and that if you just practice the amount of knowledge and insight that you can gain 
extremely useful. It's absolutely invaluable. So looking into these fields, if, if you're wanting to study the occult, absolutely look into sales and marketing uh, as well, you know. Absolutely. And when you understand this, you realize that sales and marketing are just generally incredibly valuable skills, no matter who you are. So, I mean, that, that in a nutshell, up to this point, everything we've covered, that's kind of why we chose to include this information in this, uh, in this episode, because we understand that uh, so many of you may have that sort of negative stigma about those words and think, oh, I would never do that. I, you know, I wouldn't stoop to that level, whatever it is. And, um, you know, I would just encourage you to ask yourself, are you holding that position uh, like clinging to it emotionally or is that a logical and rational position to hold? And that's why we touched on these topics to offer some insight and perspective on the other side of that to maybe get people to kind of rethink what they hold to be true about these, these topics. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, nice. So that kind of like leads us into the next little, uh, section that we want to hit on here and that's entrepreneurship and business. Uh, these are very, very effective, especially, you know, again, considering that we're coming from the perspective here, uh, of wanting to create more freedom. So if you're wanting to empower yourself, you're wanting to take uh, take your life back into your own hands, the way to really start doing that is through uh, having your own business and especially through entrepreneurship. So we're going to delve into this. Um, so, you know, the financial matrix, this is uh, something we're going to be, if, if you're not familiar with that term, we're actually going to be, uh, hosting a web, uh, webinar that Logan and I have been working on that we put together, but we're going to talk about that more then. But in short, the financial matrix is a term that you could apply to the control system that really, to sum it up shortly, it keeps people broke and disempowered, right? So entrepreneurship is really the, the easiest answer to figuring out how to escape out of that, say, that system and to take control and power back into your life. Because instead of working for someone else, being someone else's asset, and then you being a liability for yourself, you're becoming your own asset as an entrepreneur. And then you're working for yourself. You're taking, you know, your life back into your own hands. And the, the time, you know, instead of being on, you know, someone else telling you where to be and what to do, you are doing all those things for yourself. So, you know, that and sovereignty really do go hand in hand. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I think most of our viewers are pretty well aware that they're, this system is rigged against us. Um, it's designed to, to keep you trapped and to keep uh, essentially your choices limited. And so that, that kind of brings me to my next point, which is money equals freedom. And I'm sure uh, that right there will make some people lose their minds because they're coming from this pseudo-spirituality pseudo vestigial Christianity or new age mindset that, you know, uh, money is selfish and greedy and makes people do e or like all, all the evil people are rich. So therefore money's bad or whatever it is. Um, but just think about money as a choice multiplier. If choices equals freedom, uh, you know, money brings about more choices, more options for you in your life. Uh, um, you have a dream to visit Hawaii. Uh, you have a desire 
but you don't have a choice because you can't afford it. So you desire it, but it's not a choice that's available to you because you have a shortage of resources. So, you know, uh, until that goes away, poverty is the opposite of freedom in, in the economic space, not, not as a blanket statement, but in this context, money or poverty is restriction. And so entrepreneurship is essentially the answer to that because I think most people have figured out at least on a subconscious level at this point, nobody's going to get rich uh, trading their time for money bucket by bucket, hour for hour. Uh, the statistics alone, you know, show that that's an absolute wash. So, right. Yeah. You can do the math on it and it's real limited. <laughs> so, um, but again, you know, this, so when you think about it from that context, you can really see how sovereignty and entrepreneurship go hand in hand because you're, you know, as a human being, your most valuable resources that you have are your time and attention. So when you're working for someone else, what you're doing is you're allowing someone else to tell you where your time and attention is going to be spent. And in, you know, exchange for that you're usually not getting nearly what you should be worth, you know, um, you, the wages of, you know, uh, debt slavery, they're, they're usually pretty low. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when you start to be an entrepreneur and you can take your time back into your own hands, you can decide, Oh, I'm going to study into this subject. Oh, I'm going to get into this field. I'm going to work on this project. You're still working, but you're working for yourself. You're your own asset. So all those hours that you're spending, those are investments into yourself. Whereas if you're spending those hours working for someone else at a debt slave job, that's an investment into them, into their company. So, you know, take, you know, become an entrepreneur, start taking your life back. You're taking your sovereignty back into your own hands. It's, and there's some, you know, whatever your gift is to bring to the world, there, there's, there's a way you can start to, you know, utilize tools that are out there. There's so many tools, you know, and again, those are some of the things that we're going to be getting into in that web, webinar later on, but. Right. Look. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, sovereignty, like if the system is anti-sovereignty, then sovereignty is, is the act of, um, you know, reclaiming what is yours, what was taken for you or, or from you or, you know, what, what you've been con convinced to giving up, uh, quote unquote, voluntarily, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, money is just a tool and uh, tools are, you know, in my definition of a tool is, is a, an object that wields power and power to me is potential. So again, there's that, there's that theme of freedom is choice. Uh, it's potential, it's potentiality. So if you don't have the tools, you, you're, you have less freedom and, um, you know, uh, it's just a tool. So again, like, just, just like I mentioned before about how all tools are neutral. There's no such thing as an evil tool or a good tool. It's just a object that wields power and that power can be wielded uh, according to the intention of the user. You don't blame the gun for mass shootings. You don't, you know, blame the hammer uh, for building a homeless shelter. You blame the person. So people can do great things with money. You know, it's not dark sorcery when I feed a homeless person or when I donate to a GoFundMe or uh, whatever mm -hmm. have you. Like that, that's legitimate. That's that's an act of care. 
And, um, and so is entrepreneurship. It's an act of care for yourself. And tying it back to what we said about sales is it's an act of service to others, problem mm -hmm. solving, sharing value. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is an excellent points. And that's, you know, because that's what true entrepreneurship is, is it really is just sharing value with other people. So, uh, you know, the next little thing that we wanted to hit on here is this idea of um, why, why money is, is an essential as a medium of an exchange. And that's because uh, there, there's kind of a funny little phrase that we hear going around a lot, uh, maybe today, is this idea of free energy, right? But when you really look at it, there, there's no such thing as free energy. Even if you're wanting to build a windmill or solar energy, guess what? There was you had to mine for those materials, you had to assemble them, you had to plan to put it in there. But there, there's always some kind of an energy exchange going on. You know, and entrepreneurship gives you the ability to maximize your energy exchange, you know, um, which is, is really useful, and especially, you know, like in the context of, uh, you know, wanting to create more freedom, you're taking your own time back in your hand, you're starting to do what you love, you know, um, create that, bring value to other people, but, you know, get rewarded for that value. And then, you know, um, because there's like the system called the state there now, right? One of the things that, you know, is important in entrepreneurship is learning financial fitness. And you have to understand that you don't want uh, your money leaving. You know, it's, it's about keeping what you earn as much as what it is about what you earn. Mm -hmm. So if things like taxes and inflation are taking money out, you know, you want to make sure that you can minimize that as much as possible. So one, that one of the great benefits about being a business owner or entrepreneur is that you minimize those taxes. You, you, because, you know, uh, even, even governments, even with as, uh, horrible as they are, they still understand that there has to be an economic system that kind of, you know, creates some kind of production. So businesses have to be encouraged. So you can tap into that benefit by doing that. And, you know, there's, there's a system there. So the way you can, uh, get rid of that system of votes, you know, if taxes fund it, you keeping those taxes from it and in your own pocket. So you can use that for use that resource to actually do something good in the world. That's the easiest way to start the system dry and start taking the steps to create that world that we want. Like if we just started uh, cutting back the taxes that government had and keeping that money ourselves as business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, think, think of all that potential energy that is there to be put towards projects and charities and you know whatever it is um mm. and it's already there we just need to start shifting our mindset to use it mm -hmm. yeah and, and uh one side note there too is remember that money doesn't only have to mean federal reserve notes and i think that's another right. place that people get this idea that money's evil is because well it, it's printed by the federal reserve it's you know the the uh dark occultist or the you know the uh banking system or whatever. Right. And, and that is true. But, um, you know, first of all, that doesn't mean that you can't do positive things with money. And it also means, you know, we're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about gold. We're talking about anything that can be a medium of exchange, even if mm -hmm. you're just trading, you know, uh, an object for a service or a service for a service like that is economics. It, you can't escape economics because there is an economy to the flow of energy 
in the universe. It's natural law. It's, it's give and take, or like we've talked about in the rune series, you, there's Gabo, there's that, it, the cross of energy exchange. And of the very first rune is Fehu. If you can't master the very first rune, you never even get to the, the next ones because you're going to starve to death or you're going to, in this case, in a more real life scenario, you're going to work your ass off for, you know, 40, 60 years and then get like 10 years on a minimal uh, budget and then you die. And that's not mm -hmm. helping you. That's not helping anyone except the, the system that we say we're against uh, gain and us lose. And, you know, that's, that's unacceptable. So right. um, definitely, um, you know, utilizing the principle of mentalism uh, because you're what you're doing by stepping into first the, the entrepreneurial mindset and, of course, subsequently the entrepreneurial lifestyle is that you're shifting your mindset into investing in yourselves. When you go to work every single day, you're investing in someone else. You're giving you, them your time so that they can make a profit off of you. This is flipping the script and literally like taking that power back. And, uh, you know, you have to imagine everything you create, whether we uh, create a, a, a podcast episode or a new um, educational product or a, a retreat. We have to imagine it first. You know, Brian and me, we've spent like six months of the past year brainstorming about a retreat that or multiple retreats that we eventually want to start doing that will never become a reality until we first imagine it. And as you know, we've talked about on multiple episodes, that's magic. You're, you're creating what you imagination, <clears throat> creating through the imagination. Um, and new routes cannot be forged without first engaging that imagination because that's how you imagine a different way, a new way, an alternative route to create change. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's becoming that, that causal point. Like if you want to have an effect, you have to become a causal point, which is what entrepreneurs and leaders ultimately do. So right. we wanted to kind of uh, start to wrap up and leave you with a really great example of leadership, which, which I think is probably one of the best examples of leadership out there. So I was recently listening to uh, a really great audio book that I, I got a lot of value from called Rascal by Chris Brady. And in there, he, he spoke about uh, the uh, story about Crazy Horse. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Crazy Horse was a uh, Lakota warrior in uh, the late 1800s when, you know, uh, the United States government and the army was pushing into the territories. So the backstory on this is in 1876, uh, the Lakota and other tribes uh, were uh, all gathered at what, what was known as the unity camp with a famous warrior known as Sitting Bull, great, uh, another a, a wonderful example of leadership uh, in his own right. Uh, but he had, you know, uh, during his life created a reputation of being a warrior, but at this point he was much older. So they, they were uh, sitting there. And the reason they were there was because January 1st of that year, the government had issued uh, an, an edict essentially saying that all the tribes you know, anyone that refused to report to the reservations would be considered hostile. And then, you know, they would obviously then be, you know, uh, engaged militarily. So that's why they were all at this unity camp. Well, while they were there, uh, one of the scouts, uh, you know, they, they got word from 
someone that uh, a large military unit uh, along with uh, a band of some other Native Americans that were allied to the U- U.S. Army were about 50 miles to the south and, and heading their way quickly. So the camp naturally kind of uh, started to uh, get into a panic. And this is where when Crazy Horse came in. And he did something that I think is was probably such, such a powerful magical act. And I think it's very interesting to look at. What he did was very quietly just gather his weapons, put on his war paint. He got the food and water his wife prepared for him. And he got his two war horses and he went out to the edge of the camp. And he just started circling the camp. And then people started noticing, you know, the elders started noticing. And by this, the second or third lap, they realized that he was performing a ceremony that was known as the gathering of the warriors. So everybody in the camp all of a sudden started taking notice notice of this. And the other warriors also started gathering all their, their equipment. And then they also started joining him to encircle the camp. And the women started singing all the strong heart songs. So by the time they had done the, you know, done this, the, the entire camp was totally encircled with a word story. You cannot tell where the line stopped and where it ended. And when it was like that, they, they went out and then they met that army that was uh, attacking them. And then they fought what was known as the battle of the little rosebud. And they, they rode all night and then they fought all day and they ended up, uh, pushing that army back and won that battle. And then eight days later defeated Custer at the battle of little Bighorn. Mm. Very, you know, so think about that. Like that's, that's a very, very powerful example of leadership that what he did was simply go out and start leading by example. And then he inspired others to come with him to go leave a legacy because there was something much greater than himself that he was trying to fight for. Like that, that's such a powerful thing. And then when you think about that, the, the energy of the whole tribe being focused on that. And then they took that with them and then went, went and won, not one, but two battles. Like they defeated, you know, Custer eight days later, which, you know, everybody's heard of that. Well, this ritual was the point of that. It was that man, crazy horse being willing to just gather his weapons and just go go out and start, you know, gathering others. And that's, you know, that really leads us into, this is what we're doing here. This is our goal at the wizard factory. You know, we're wanting to gather the warriors, you know, and that's really leading us into uh, a project that Logan and I have been working on and putting a lot of heart uh, and effort into. And I'm going to, you know, hand it off to Logan here and kind of let him take it from here. Right. Yeah. I, I love that story, man. And it's so powerful. Uh, uh, and that, that would be an example of uh, having a mentor who's long gone. Uh, and we just, we all just learned that powerful lesson just from, you know, sharing that, that legacy as we talked about before. So this is uh, where we wanted to announce um, we've been working really hard on a new project, our own gathering of the warriors with amazing potential, which has a lot to do with the things we talked about in this episode. So if this information, uh, this, this uh, episode here resonated with you, Brian and I will be hosting a free web class live on Tuesday night, November the 26th, giving away lots of great and empowering information that could radically and legitimately change your life if properly applied. 
Now, there is a limited number of spots available, so make sure that you go ahead and secure your seat as soon as possible because you do not want to miss this. It's going to be really awesome. You guys are going to love that. So if you want to attend this, this web class, just click the link below in the description and get that locked in. And we can't wait to see you all there. It's going to be amazing. So this is going to conclude our episode this evening. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, thank you for, for watching. Please subscribe, uh, join our, our family, our tribe, like the video, and we will see you very soon. But until then, be empowered, be inspired, and be encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. Thank you.